We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10 through 15. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10 through 15. <clears throat> and the word of God says this. To whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed and they cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord. They don't want to listen at all. So now I am filled with the Lord's fury. Yes, I'm tired of holding it in. I will pour out my fury on children playing in the streets and gathering of the young men and husbands and wives and on those who are old and gray. Their homes will be turned over to their enemies as their fields and their wives. For I will raise my powerful fist against the people of this land, says the Lord. From the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From prophets to priests, they are all frauds. And they offer superficial treatment for my people's mortal wounds. They give assurance of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. They don't even know how to blush. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning, for the word that we're about to receive. And Father, I would pray that you would open up our hearts to understand, our ears to listen, and our eyes to see. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would use me to speak your word today. For what's going to be preached here this morning is life-changing. And Father, I pray that we take this word with reverence and with fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we go there to this word this morning. You guys hear me okay or do I need to go a little higher? That's good? All right. So as we go to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10, the verse we just opened up with, the word of God was talking to a group of people that were clearly going the wrong way. You know, every morning as I go to church on Sunday mornings, I get on the highway. And as I go on the highway, I saw it this morning, I even pointed it out to Jerrica, every morning as I get on this highway to go to church, there's a sign just on the other side of the on-ramp. And that on-ramp has a sign that simply says, wrong way. That sign has been placed there by a higher authority, the state of Florida and Tallahassee. That sign has been placed there as a warning. The sign is not judgment. The sign is not criticism. The sign is placed there 
for your safety and for mine. The sign that says wrong way is a warning indicating to you that you are on the wrong road. And that sign was placed there and designed to protect you. It was placed there so that you would not get into an accident. It was placed there so you would not hurt other people driving who are innocent. And when you see this sign, you choose. Are you going to listen to the warning or not? And if you happen to get on that wrong road and see that sign and continue to go on the wrong way, you are in danger. There will come a point that you will either crash and get hurt. You will crash and hurt some other people. Or you will pay the price as you see these beautiful flashing lights behind your mirror and you get a ticket that you must pay. But either way, when you are on that wrong road, ignoring the wrong way sign, there will be consequences. What a picture of what God is telling the people here in the book of Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, God is talking to the Israelites. He's talking to His people. And He's warning them. Because they're going the wrong way. The people are in the wrong place. The people of God have decided to live like all the other ungodly nations. The people of God have decided to marry non-believers. They decided to worship other pagan gods. They decided to live in idolatry. It got so far that and so bad that the parents would grab their children and throw them into a fire to worship other gods. The people were living with greed, the Bible said. It was all about them and their own pleasure. They were living in sexual immorality and they did not care. And what makes this worse in the book of Jeremiah is that God points out that not only are the people headed the wrong way, but the leaders, the godly men that God had put in charge to preach the Word of God, the godly men that were there to lead the people the right way, the people that God instituted to teach them the Word, the people that God placed in leadership to teach the people how to live for God. Well, those leaders started preaching a different message. They started, according to Jeremiah, preaching peace. In other words, the preachers were saying, it's okay. You're fine. Keep living how you're living. God loves you. God's not angry with you. Nothing's going to go wrong. The people were hearing these messages of peace and prosperity. And it's no wonder that as the leaders remained silent over the sins of the people and the wrong way that they were living, the people thought that before the eyes of God, they were fine. They were okay. 
Well, because the pastor said so. So we can live in our sin, live in our immorality, keep going the wrong way. And we have peace and everything's fine. We're just going to be okay. But Jeremiah was sent by God to tell the people, you are headed the wrong way. This is not the way God wants you to live your life. This is not what God wants for you. In other words, Jeremiah was saying, you're not okay. There is no peace. And he began to warn them that if you keep going on this road, disaster is going to come. See, God was warning the people that if they kept on their way, and doing the way they were doing. That a massive army was going to come and invade them. And God was going to allow it. And God was going to allow the people to perish. And God was going to allow the people to take them captive into slavery. God was going to allow the destruction and the disaster. And God was warning them, you're on the wrong road. Turn. Before it's too late. But look with me in verse 17 through 20 now. Notice what God says. I posted a watchman. What is a watchman? A watchman stands in front on top of the tower. And he's looking out into the land for potential danger. And day and night there was always a watchman. And that watchman's job was to see potential danger ahead and warn the people that something bad was coming. And the watchman would look out and he would see an army coming or invaders coming. That watchman would grab a trumpet and blow it hard and warn the people, listen, danger is coming. Listen, wake up everyone. Stop what you're doing. Disaster is coming. And the people had a choice. Are we going to listen to the watchman or ignore it? Are we going to adhere to what the watchman is saying? Or are we going to continue to live our lives? Are we going to stop and listen? Or are we going to keep going and not care? And God said, I have posted a watchman over you. Listen for the sound of the alarm. God is saying, the alarm is sounding. But you replied, here's a response. No. No. We won't pay attention. Therefore, listen to this. All of you nations, take note of my people's situation. Listen. All the earth. I will bring, say it with me, I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit of their own schemes because they refuse to listen to me. They have 
rejected my word. There's no use of offering me sweet frankincense from Sheba. Keep your fragrant calamus imported from your distant lands. I will not accept your burnt offerings. Your sacrifices have no pleasing aroma to me. And this is what's shocking to me. Is that God gave them the warning. The watchman, Jeremiah, said, listen, turn around. You're headed the wrong way. Listen. And the people heard the warning and had a chance to respond. And they said, no. We won't pay attention to that. Jeremiah, you're crazy. No, no. That everyone else is saying that it's peace. Everyone else saying we're okay. Everyone else says it's fine. Look at us, Jeremiah. We're prospering. We're living our lives. We're having fun. No. We will not pay attention. And ironically, notice that God says, I will not accept your offerings. I will not accept your sacrifices. And this is so ironic to me. Because though the people are living in sin, and far away from God, and living in debauchery, living in immorality, they continue to want to give sacrifices to God. They continue to want to go to church. Worship, sing songs, go to Bible study. We're going to continue to go to the house of God. We're going to continue to do the things that Christians do, but we're not going to live how Christians should live. Shocking that the people said, God, we're choosing not to listen. We're going to reject your word. But we still want to give offerings so that you would bless us. And church, let me make it clear as day. God cannot bless sin. God cannot bless immorality. God cannot bless rebellion. You choose today who you're going to serve. You choose today whether you're going to live to fear God or not. But don't think that because you're coming to church like this one, listening to a pastor like this one, listening to a sermon like this one, singing songs like that one, that God is saying, okay, carry on, live your life, do what you want. God cannot be mocked. The Bible says a man will reap what he sows. And this is why. And verse 19, put it up there for a second. God says something interesting. Listen, all the earth. I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit. Let me say that again. It is the fruit of their own schemes. In other words, you are reaping the fruits you have sown. Don't be shocked if you plant an apple seed and you get an apple. Don't get shocked if you plant oranges and get oranges. Why? Because it is the, the natural law of agriculture. Whatever you plant, 
that you will reap. And God is saying the disaster you are about to face is a product of your own schemes, your own choices. And the fruit of disaster that you see in your life comes from a choice of a seed you decided to plant. And God is very serious here. But the people wanted to continue to live in their sin and come to church. And God was warning them of danger. God was telling them, you can't have it both ways. You can't expect me to be present in your life and bless you while you live opposite to my word. You cannot live opposite to this book and expect God to still bless. On Wednesday, Nancy pointed out to me the new quarter. How many of you have noticed the new quarters we have? See how smart the government is? They might take this off YouTube now, but it's okay. I'm going to tell you guys. Look at the new quarters versus the old ones we've had since 1933. And you will quickly notice that now George Washington is facing the opposite direction. The old quarter, George was facing a phrase that says, in God we what? Trust. The old quarter, George is facing that because the old days of our country, we were saying to God, we are focused and going ahead with you. We are living for you. You come first. That's why you see the phrase, in God we trust, and our president, George Washington, is looking at God, saying, you're first, you're a priority. You run this country. You lead according to your word. We are going to follow you, Lord. But lately now, they switched the quarter on us. They didn't talk about it. George is facing the other way now. And the phrase, and God we trust, is now behind them. You see, while we were so thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to take the name God out of our currency. They're going to take the name God out of our currency. Not yet. But they did a fast one on us. They said, we're not going to take God completely out. But we're going to face the opposite direction of God. And we're going to put our back towards God. And we're going to move forward. And that is the state of our country. A country that wants to live opposite to God. But notice what they're saying. We're not taking God out. We're just not going to focus and live for Him. Shocking. But isn't that how we live our lives? God, I want you in my life. But I also want to live opposite to your word. 
God, I want you to bless me and be in my life, but I don't want to face you. I want to turn my back on your word. I want to do what I want to do. Live how I want to live. I want you in my life, but I don't want you first in my life. And this is how the people of God were living. We're going to give sacrifices and worship because we want God in our lives, but we're going to live opposite and face the wrong direction. And hopefully God can still bless us. Hopefully God can still work in our lives. And it's a picture of what the church in America is looking like today. Come to church, and we're going to preach peace. You're okay. You're fine. Live how you want. Tolerate your sin. Live opposite to the Word of God, but as long as you come here and check that church box off, God's going to bless you. As long as you give a certain amount of money, God's going to bless you. As long as you continue to walk faithfully, live how you want, and God's still going to bless you. And God is looking at us like He looked at them and said, no. If you want to live in the wrong way, disaster is coming. Maybe you're in church today looking all good, holy, spiritual. You got the act down. Come to church, maybe hold the Bible, smile, worship. But deep down inside, in your private life, at home, you're pulling an old George Washington. You are living opposite to God. And God has brought you to this church to say, my watchman is up here. Pastor David, the watchman. And I'm standing here at the gates of Forward Fellowship Church seeing the enemy come to your life to destroy you. And I'm saying, listen! And you're saying, no! And I'm saying, stop it! And you're saying, why? Proverbs 22.3 It's a book of wisdom that says a prudent person, that's a wise person, he foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton is a nice, simple way of saying the idiot, the fool, goes blindly on, keep going on, on, I'm going to keep going, and suffers. The what? The consequence. A choice is given in the book of Proverbs. They both see the danger. One sees it and takes precaution. Precaution simply means 
an action that is done in advance to prevent a potential problem, to avoid a potential trouble. And as people, not just Christians, as people, we're going to see danger. And if you're wise, you're going to say, I see this coming. What do I have to do to stop it from coming? Taking precaution is an alcoholic saying, I'm not going to step foot in a bar or be around anyone that drinks. I'm not going to drink, period. Precaution. I'm not going to be alone with the opposite sex. Because I know that if I'm with her long enough and we're not married, I'm taking the plunge of immorality and sexual sin. Precaution is I'm not going to be alone with my phone surfing the internet because I know that I'm going to get curious enough and bored enough that I might search the wrong website. So let me leave my phone here by the counter as I go do my business in the bathroom. Let me not be alone upstairs with my computer. Let me put it in the living room so I know people are watching what I'm watching. Precaution. Precaution says, I see red flags in this relationship. She's a little crazy. He's a little wild. And maybe it's God saying, I set the watchman is telling you, run. Precaution says, I'm not even going to call them. I'm going to block their number. But let me take it further. Let me not block the number because I know how to unblock it. Let me delete it altogether because my memory will get the best of me and I'll forget it. Precaution says, let me not sit here at the table with these people that every time I sit with, they lead me into gossip and slander and garbage and filth. Precaution says, I'm angry right now. Let me walk away and cool off because I know there's danger in my mouth and I'm going to say the wrong thing. Precaution is wise. But a foolish person refuses, sees the danger, but refuses to change. Refuses to stop, to listen, to get help, and suffers the consequences and disaster. And when they fall into disaster, as I pastor for 13 years now, I've seen many disasters. Disastrous relationships and children, marriage, and the list goes on. I've seen disaster after disaster, and as I sit down with them, and their lives are ruined and broken and hurting, and they're filled with tears, they all have this in common. They all saw it coming, but chose to keep 
going. They knew it was the wrong way. But blinding themselves, he kept going. Last weekend, I was walking in the morning, as I normally do. That's why I'm in such great shape. <laughs> But I thought I'd be a little rebellious that morning and go a different route, a different path. Because I thought it was nicer. I wanted to see what was there. I was curious. So I went on my way. And here's the thing I'm an old school Hialeah boy, born and raised. We have numbers in our street. Amen? And I'm living in a community that has names of birds and names of animals and, and trees and a kind way and flowers. And I'm like, where am I? And I got lost. I got admitted. I got lost. And I kept going in circles. And I knew I was in trouble because I kept seeing the same dog in the same house. But I kept going. And an hour and a half later, in the hottest day of the week, I'm tired, I'm dehydrated, I'm about to pass out, I feel like I was about to die. And I stopped. I looked around. And I did something I'm ashamed of. I'm about to confess something that I'm not proud of especially with the men here. I asked for directions. My manhood went away. My voice got higher. And there was a man there looking right at me, and I asked him, where am I? <laughs> I said, where am I? And he asked me, are you lost? And I had to admit and say, yes. And I asked him where this certain road was at, and he says, it's that way. Just go that way. And you'll find it. I went that way. Found home. I was refreshed. And I was at peace again. God has some advice for the people that are headed the wrong way. Verse 16. Listen. That's not verse 16, is it? No, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. Look around and ask for the old, godly 
way. Notice these three words. God gives this advice to the people. Three words. Stop, look, ask. Say that with me. Stop, look, ask. Stop, look, ask. There came a point that I'm walking and walking and lost and I'm tired and, and I just, I had to finally stop. What made me stop? Why did I stop and not keep going? Because I didn't want to continue knowing it would destroy me. I wouldn't make it. And I had to humble myself and say, I'm lost. I need help. I stopped. People today don't Stop. We're so busy and working and caught up with our responsibilities and our bills and our kids and our errands and our plans. But sometimes you just need to stop. Why did I stop? Well, let me help you figure out if you need to stop. And I'm going to use it in this word, halt. Halt means to stop. H-A-L-T. You know why I stopped? Number one, H, I was hungry. Number two, I was A, angry. I was angry at seeing the same stupid dog. I was angry that I couldn't find my way. I was angry and tired. I was hungry. And what's hunger? A need. It's not satisfying. And maybe you need to stop because you know that the path you're in is not satisfying you. There's an emptiness in you. And maybe you're A, you're angry. You're angry at life. You're angry and you don't know why. You're angry at yourself. You have no peace. You need to stop. Maybe you're I. Wait, how do you spell H-A-L? Sorry, L. Public school. H-A-L. I was lonely. Maybe you feel alone. Say, what am I going to do? I feel alone here. I was L. I was lost. Where do I go? What do I do? Before you do anything, you stop. I was T. I was tired. Are you tired of your life? Are you tired of the way you're living? Are you tired of the same sin that plagues you? Are you tired of the fighting? Are you tired of the sin and immorality? Are you tired of being tired? Then halt. Stop. God says stop, then He says look. Evaluate yourself. Evaluate your life, your family, your future. Look. Do you like where you're headed? Do you like where you're going? Take a good look at yourself. Take a good look at your family. Take a good look at your future. Do you care? 
What am I looking for? Look at verse 16. And God says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. Look around. Ask for the Lord the godly way and walk in it, travel in His path, and you will find rest for your soul. The word rest in the Hebrew literally means to be calm and at peace. The word soul is talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions. How do you know you're in the wrong path? Look and examine your life. Do you have peace? What's your mind thinking? How's your soul? Your emotions? Are you living with depression and anger and bitterness and jealousy? Then your soul is not good. How is your mind? Do you have thoughts of insecurity and suicide and bitterness? Do you have thoughts of hopelessness? Then your soul is not good. Look and ask yourself, do I have peace in the way I'm living? Is there peace in the way that I am? Stop and look. Because God looks at the three most important relationships in the book of Jeremiah. The relationship you have with yourself, your family, and God. And you have to ask yourself, do I have peace with myself? What do you tell yourself when you're alone? Do I have peace with my family? Or is there division and brokenness and hurt and abuse? Do I have peace with God? Or am I living opposite to His Word? And rebellion, take a look at yourself. But you're so busy and you can't stop. And if you can't stop, you can't see. And God says this lastly. Ask. Ask for the old godly way. Ask for the old quarter, the one that used to face God and trust Him and live for Him. you're facing away from God today, living opposite to His Word, stop and look and repent. Repent means to have a change in mind that causes you to turn. Just turn and face God. Ask for the old godly way. Ask, what is the old godly way? The old godly way is living for the Word of God. Making the Word of God the authority of your life. Living a life that pleases Him according to His Word. It will bless your life, your home, your destiny, and it will bring you peace. There are so many books out now that's just garbage. You ever walk through a bookstore and almost thrown up? 
walk through a Christian aisle of bookstores and watch me hurl as I look at titles that say seven ways to a godly marriage, the way to peace, the way, this way, ten ways, a hundred ways. But God said, listen, there's only one way that's going to get your life right. It's Jesus, and after Jesus, is living for Jesus and living for His Word. Don't ask, what's going to make me the most money? Don't ask, what's going to bring me the most pleasure? Don't ask, what is it that I want? What about me, my life? No, ask this question once you stop and look. Ask and say, Lord, which way is your way? Because your way will never steer you wrong. Ask for the old godly way. I'll close with this. Stop, ask. Stop, look, and ask. God says it this way, you're at a crossroad. God says you're at a crossroad. When God said you're at a crossroad, a crossroad is when you find yourself at a place of decisions. A moment in when your future will be shaped by the direction you choose to go. That's a crossroad. And God says you are going the wrong way. Now you're at a crossroad. But you decide. Are you going to do it the old-fashioned way with me in my words? Or are you going to continue? In life, you will always go to a crossroad. You're going to have to make decisions that's going to cost you dearly. Every life has a crossroad from time to time. Every marriage reaches a crossroad. Honey, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to continue my way or God's way? You reach a crossroad with your sin. Am I going to continue this sin or am I going to turn Am I going to conquer it once and for all? You reach a crossroad with your mindset. It's a decision. And maybe you're in church today, you've reached a crossroad, but you're saying, Pastor, I'm going the wrong way and I need to make a decision now. And God has brought you to this service today to say, here's your crossroad. Are you going to continue to live bitter? Are you going to continue to live wrong? Are you going to continue to hurt those that love you? Are you going to continue to live a life where you don't trust anyone? Are you going to continue to be miserable? Or are you going to choose the way of God and His Word?
I have never met a person in all my years in church that says, I've done it God's way and now I'm paying the price. I've heard the opposite. I'm paying the price and how I wish I would have done it God's way. How many of you have an area in your life you wish you would have done it God's way? Am I preaching truth this morning? If you're here this morning, and maybe you don't even know Jesus, that's called being lost. And you're lost because you're in sin. All of us are sinners. We're lost. But when Jesus came to this earth and he looked at all the sinful, hopeless people, he stopped and he looked. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus looked at a lost, broken world and says, I am the way. Here is the crossroad. And when Jesus died on the cross, that was a crossroad because now we have a decision. Am I going to live for my sin or live now for Jesus who died for me and rose and conquered death for my salvation? If that's you today, Jesus would say, I love you. But now it's time to repent, turn, and surrender your life to me. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I am a Christian. I have given my life to Jesus. But I've lost my way. I'm backslid. Doing things I'm ashamed of. I know it's wrong. I know better. What are you waiting for? You're at a crossroad with God. Are you going to continue to make excuses and justify and blame and excuse? Or are you going to stop and look and say to yourself, Where am I? I'm lost. This is not where I belong. Help me, Lord. And God's going to say, this is the way. Choose it. See, because when I was lost last weekend and I stopped and looked, I realized I was not where I belonged. And when I asked that man, which way is the way? He pointed it out to me, but that was not the end. I had to choose whether I was going to just listen to him and go and do it his way, or I was going to continue in my way and go and serve him. Let's all stand the choice is yours today and this day. You're at a crossroads. With every head bow, every eye closed today. You're at a crossroads with Jesus now. To the lost, God says, I see you. Stop. Look. 
and ask. Stop. Stop living the life that's leaving you hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Take a good look at your life. And look right now and look at Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. And ask, just ask, Lord, forgive me. Today I surrender to you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I repent and turn and now face you. Save me. Maybe you're here saying, I've lost my way. Only you and God know if you're in the wrong or in the right place right now. And today is a Sunday that the Lord is telling you, stop. Just stop. And look and ask yourself, do I have the same relationship with Jesus I did when I first met? Ask yourself, am I in the right place? See, when God said you're at a crossroad, he was saying it out of mercy. I'm giving you a chance. Let me pray for you now with every head bowed. Jesus. Lord Jesus, oh Jesus, how we love you, but how we forsake your word. Father, in your mercy and in your grace, we were all in a crossroad. And I thank you, Jesus, that you made a way when there wasn't a way. And you died and rose for our sins. And we have forgiveness, mercy, and the promise of heaven and eternal life through you, Jesus. Father, I pray for the lost. If you're here this morning, you stop right now for a moment, take a good look, and ask yourself, am I saved? Do I have a sincere relationship with Jesus or Do I just go to church and Monday through Saturday I live opposite, facing away from God? Do you want to stop that today? Make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. The offer is yours. That's you this morning. Would you put your hand up so I can see you? Say, Pastor, this is me. God bless you. See you. If you're listening online, the offer is for you as well. Would you pray this with me from your heart? Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. But today I want to stop. And I look to you now, Jesus, to save me from my sins. Just say, Lord, save me. Forgive me. For I believe you are the way. And I surrender to you. In Jesus' name.
And if you're here tonight, you're saying, Pastor, I love Jesus. I'm saved, but I, I've lost my way. Every head's bowed. No one's judging me. Remember, the wrong way signs are not judging They're put there for love. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor, I'm in the wrong way. I've lost my way. Would you put your hand up as an act of confession? God bless you. God bless you. Would you pray right now from your heart? Just ask the Lord which way. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those here who are in the wrong way, who have lost their way. I pray, Father, that before disaster comes, that they will turn and face you again. They have turned their backs on But, Father, they are asking for the old godly way that used to bring them joy and peace, Father. And I pray and thank you for this word and pray, Father, that you would help us to keep your way at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. You guys can be seated today. I'm so glad. As we have our seats for a moment, I want to thank you guys for joining us this morning for the word of God today. I hope you guys were blessed. I told you it would be a little bit tough, right? Amen? So I'm sorry. But I'm just a watchman. I'm just a messenger. Don't, don't, don't kill the messenger, please. 